Symphony of Shadows, Third Movement, Luce Spenta, L'Ombra More, Revolutions Per Minute, Phrase 1. Tammy had put together a nice little command center for Scully in such a short time. They needed a secure place to hardwire into Providence for her carefully engineered plans to succeed. She surveyed the few crew members with her in the room and checked the screens. Her other crew members were almost in place. Call Swain. A moment later, Swain's sharp visage appeared on her HUD. Are you ready to make history, madame? He asked with pomp. It's time to begin, she commanded, and nodded to her ops team, cutting the line to Swain. What the man did not know was that she had access to all of Providence's cameras. She would have eyes on everything as it unfolded, far away from where the real action would be happening. Call Waruje, she said. The man answered reluctantly. What is it, Scully? I'm busy. Well, you're about to be dead. <laughs> what? He laughed uncomfortably. You're making a joke. Swain's coming for you. Why would he? Waruje began, but paused. You played him against me. I did. And now you're telling me, hoping to betray Swain. You're being indecisive, Waruje. You're always indecisive, and that's why you'll never lead. But you are invaluable in other ways, and I would rather you live. Either we all die stranded here, or we find a way back home. And if we make it, there's still the Divine Republic to deal with. Civilization is coming, and it's last call. Red will never let it happen. This needed to happen, so I made it happen. Well, I'm in no position to argue. How much time do I have? Asked Waruje. Not much. He's coming now. Waruje narrowed his eyes. I need to make it to port. I wouldn't go there. And why is that? Because, the corner of Scully's lip raised, I've set a trap for you there, with Swain's best. Understanding bloomed on Waruje's face. You mean to use me as bait to capture Red's crew in a net? You mean to lock down the port in my territory? Which is why you have to leave now. My crew is in place to protect your retreat, but you're going to have to make a show of it. The port, though, if you lock it down, will be trapped on Providence. No one will be able to leave. That's the point. If people start leaving, others will get the same idea. We need to remove the choice. Now stop fucking arguing with me. Leave. Scully cut comms and sat in her chair, watching the screens as her well-laid plans converged with reality in a collision. I've done all I can to prepare, she thought to herself. I trust my crew. Perhaps not for this specific situation, but mutiny was an eventuality, not a possibility. So Scully and her crew of badass women practiced for it, rehearsed it, again and again and again, until it was perfect. But anything can happen. That was one hard lesson she learned in the last week, but she'd found it better to be the one making things happen. Swain approached Waruje's quarters and started speaking to the guards long enough to pull out his knife and kill them both. With the door locked, Swain started by asking to enter nicely. When no answer came, he asked less politely, and then he blew the door open. Waruje was already gone, but he'd only left moments ago. In fact, the two met eyes as Waruje turned back at the explosion. Get him, 
Swain's voice sliced through the space between them. The shooting began, but in the close-quartered hallways, they couldn't both run and shoot. Waruje's mag chair was fast, especially if it got some runway. Problem was, he couldn't. If he spent too long in one direction, Swain would open fire on him. Swain's crew spread out, trying to wrangle him. Scully stood and placed a hand on Nadia's shoulder, the ops director. Start hurting them, she pointed to the screen. Nadia cracked her knuckles and began strategically closing doors, and shut down the port. With the push of a few keys, it was done. Scully watched as the lights went off at the docks, only the flashing of red on exits, signaling there was no escape. She patched herself into whomever the sorry sack was in command of Swain's crew at the port docks. What happened? she asked innocently. How the fuck should we know? spat a nasty woman by the name of Sakura. Waruje must have a back door into Providence's systems. He's on the run, though. I'll work on getting the doors open. We're exposed here, Sakura looked around. There's a lot of us, well-armed, but people are starting to notice and get itchy fingers. What can I say? Swain's busy chasing down Waruje, but he'll have him soon. Look on the bright side. If he can't get out, it also means he can't get in. We'll have him soon. In the meantime, just play it cool. Scully ended the call abruptly. That should buy us some time. Her own crew were positioned strategically throughout the docks, and a few of her spies among Swain's ranks were prepared to strike on her orders. If things got too bloody, she would end it quickly and without hesitation. But I would prefer to avoid a massacre. Scully's attention returned to Waruji's escape, which was progressing nicely. Swain's men were slowly and deliberately being separated. In his rush to capture Waruji, Swain hadn't even seemed to notice. It wasn't until they finally left the crowded hallways and entered a larger area used for storage that he finally opened his eyes to the situation. Scully's crew fired upon Swain, covering Waruje and his companions down the final stretch. Swain was forced back, taking cover. Scully watched on the screen as the man looked behind him, prepared to rally his men, but found only a handful remained. Scully took only a moment to relish in Swain's reaction. She didn't need him doing anything rash while she basked in self-satisfied glory. Hello, Swain. You fucking bitch. Let this bitch explain to you what's happening. You are fucking betraying me for that wart. That's what's happening, Swain spat. I'm going to string you up by your tits and eviscerate you. How very imaginative. Yes, I've betrayed you, but you don't understand how deep I've already plunged the knife into your spine. Right now, your crew are either scattered and trapped throughout Waruje's territory, or trapped at the port. The former are having the air slowly removed from the rooms, and the latter have snipers and a few of my spies ready to strike. You have 60 seconds to decide. To decide what? He laughed derisively. You're lying about all of it. Scully had prepared for this. She sent a few vid feeds to Swain's HUD. Some were POVs of her crew targeting the men trapped in the port. The others were of men and women curled against the floor, starting to gasp for breath. Forty-five seconds. What do you want? shouted Swain. Your full surrender. No need for more blood to be shed. Drop your weapons and tell your men to stand down. You will all be transported to the stacks, where they will be treated with dignity, but as prisoners. Thirty seconds. This is insane. Red murdered Sornois, and when she returns, we'll arrest her as well, and she'll stand trial in front of the council. Swain belted a laugh. You are fucking insane. What do you think this is, Earth? 
20 seconds. I doubt you had anything to do with Red's poor decisions. She'll pay for what she did, but no need for you to. If you're innocent. None of us are innocent, you dumb bitch. Scully sighed irritably. All I mean is that there's a good chance Red won't be around for much longer, but if there's still a crew left, they'll need commanding. Do you understand? Maybe that someone will be you if you cooperate now. Five seconds. Time to decide. Weapons. Scully allowed no quarter. Down. She watched as Swain tensed and then tossed his gun to the ground. Stand down, he gave the orders to his men. Scully motioned Nadia to fill the rooms back with air before she caused everyone brain damage. She could see the men in the port also reluctantly handing over their weapons. Now the real work begins, Scully thought to herself. She waited patiently until Waruje entered the command center. If he was angry, he didn't show it, but what man wouldn't be? I need your help to escort Swain's men to the stacks. You think you can handle that? So now you're giving out orders, sneered Waruje. Scully stood, meeting Waruje and hovering over him. Don't be a fucking child. This isn't over yet, and if we don't consolidate power soon, we'll slip into savagery. We must be united. And then what? Waruje let his anger boil. We wait for the others to return. You be wait for Cybele and Woods to return? If that's even possible. They could be anywhere in the universe if someone shot that crystal. Well, if you'd like to go searching, be my guest. I'm sure we can manage slipping a few ships out to follow to wherever that crystal leads, said Scully. Waruje scowled at that. I doubt any would volunteer, no matter the price I'd pay. That's what I thought. Scully placed a hand on top of Waruje's mag chair, spinning him around to the back door. Which is why I need you to put those men to good use and make sure Swain's crew doesn't cause any trouble and that they are treated fairly once they reach the stacks. If Red does return and she's licking wounds, she won't be itching for a fight with the other half of her crew imprisoned. If she doesn't, then I just gave us our only chance of surviving this mess we're in. Now at the door, Waruje paused and turned his chair to face her. He looked as if he had something to say, his mouth twitching, but he remained silent and left. I'll have to watch that one. But she was sure he would get over it. He knew she was right, but he couldn't get over that he'd allowed himself to be so easily manipulated. Some gifts, a mostly sincere apology, and Waruje would serve her like he served Sornwa. Another potential problem. If the vaunted leader of Providence ever returned, it would be trouble for her. Scully would either be forced to hand over her recently acquired power or force Sornwa to submit to her. She knew he would never submit, which meant Scully would be forced to break him. She weighed both decisions in her mind as she watched Waruje's mercenaries corralling Swain's crew into the stacks. Good job, ma'am, Nadia congratulated her. Could not have done it without you. The two women hugged. How's Tina doing? She's moved the crystal a distance away and is monitoring it. No message yet. Scully pulled some good bourbon from under a table and poured out a couple glasses. They clicked them and sipped slowly on the liquor. Do you really think we'll make it back? Nadia asked in a calm tone that felt forced. I know we will. Scully took another sip of her drink and Nadia followed. How? How could you know that? Because I deny there's any alternative. And you should too. Enough people believe might be what pushes us through this. We do not have the luxury of doubt. Yes, ma'am. Nadia leaned her head forward and gulped down the remainder of her drink. Scully did the same, and they both clapped the cups on the table. 
Keep me updated regularly on the situation. I need to get some rest. Nadia gave a two-finger salute, and Scully left the woman to her work. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio. Written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. Synapse Radio.